Welcome back to the In the Dugout podcast. My name is Jason Ward, a.k.a. Red Sox Dugout, alongside Joey Nagel and Alex Jefferson. This team sucks. We're so bad. Sucks. Yeah. This might be the like, worst Red Sox team of all time. Awful. No, like, in all seriousness, like, blow it up. Trade Bogarts. Trade JD. Trade Evaldi. Get them all out of here. Get some prospects trade, in. Rebuild. Relocate. Relocate. Go to Tear Louisiana. Tear it all down. Fire everyone on the team. All the concessions, guys. Get them out of there. Clean house. Blow it up. I'm done. Uh, move this team to AAA and move the Woo Sox to the bigs. Yeah, the Woo Sox are better. I'd much rather watch the Woo Sox any day. The Red Sox are a clown show right now. It's embarrassing watching this team. It's disgusting what they're doing out there on the baseball field. Some of the players that they're tossing. Travis Shaw isn't going to hit this season. Send Travis Shaw to the moon. Put Ryan Brazier. Stuff him in a trash can somewhere in Tampa. Get Austin Davis. Lock him in a closet. Put Jonathan Aruz. Just duct tape him to like the wall or something and leave him there. Get these guys out of here. Get me some actually talented baseball players on this team. Give me Alex Cora back as the manager. I don't care that he has COVID. Will Venable just can't manage. I don't know what he's doing out there. Why is Ryan Brazier coming in with the bases loaded in a two-run ball game with a two-run lead? That lead was gone. I don't care. He may not have been charged for those runs, but he gave him up. Ryan Brazier, I'm just going on rant right now. Ryan Brazier has been so sneakily like, like... He has a 386 ERA, but we know he's way worse than that. It's because he's inherited 10 runners and allowed eight of them to score so far. That's awful. That's that's pretty good. The rest of the bullpen bullpen has inherited 25 runners and allowed three of them to score. Ryan Brazier is so awful, and they keep putting him in in good spots. I don't want to see him pitch at the major league level, let alone in close ball games with the game on the line. I am so sick of the idiotic moves that this team is doing. The team isn't even that bad. We're getting hits. The bullpen's been good. The rotation has been awful. We're just shooting ourselves in the foot with stupid moves, stupid, like, bad plate appearances. We're horrible with runners in scoring position. We're putting the wrong guys out of the bullpen in the game. We're just making all of the wrong moves right now, and it's tough to watch. The main takeaway I have from the race series is uh, we left way too many wins on the table. That goes – that's that uh, is the same for the Blue Jays series too. My takeaway yeah. of the week, you're leaving way too many wins on the table. Like right now, your record – you're two games under 500. Uh, you're honestly playing worse than that record. But also, if – like you said, we're – not stepping up in the spots you need to step up. We're making the wrong moves, going to the wrong guys out of the bullpen. If you clean that up, you have a lot more wins on the table. Like, what's their record? Seven and nine? Yeah. No. Yeah. Seven and eight, I think, right? Seven and Seven nine. Seven and nine. Seven and nine. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you have, you definitely have 10 wins at this point. If you're, if you clean things up, you win last night. You win today, and you win that game against Gosman. There's three wins right there. All happened this week. Look, I don't think it's a stretch to say that they they were capable of sweeping both of these series against the Blue Jays and yes. the Rays, especially the Rays series. I mean, that Blue Jays series, we won game one barely. Uh, and then game two, which I was at, awful game. Nick Pavetta was the worst pitcher I've ever seen other than that one time I saw Garrett Richards pitch and he walked like five guys. But Pavetta was right there with four walks. 
but they out hit the Blue Jays in that game. They lost six to one, but they had ten hits and the Blue Jays had nine hits. They just couldn't make things happen with runners in scoring position. Ready for this stat? They were one for fourteen with runners in scoring position, left eleven guys on base. Brutal. But that's what the season has been. And then game three against the Blue Jays, they lost three to two. Uh, they definitely could have won that game, but they didn't. And then against the Rays, one game one, great. Game two, we were getting no hit through nine innings, but we didn't allow any runs. So we could have won that game. Then boom, we go we to the and score two runs. We scored two runs while we, we got this game. We, we should have. literally won the game. We made the third out. We had an, yeah. the opportunity to make the third out. We we decided <clears throat> to give the Rays a four-out inning in the bottom of the 10th. And anytime yeah. that happens, you know something bad is going to happen. Yeah. May I yeah. add? That that yesterday's game against the Rays, how many warning track flyouts were there? Yeah. There were like a million balls that were squared oh, up and no. didn't go anywhere. I, I texted it in the group chat yesterday. I was uh-huh. like, tell me you're using juice ball or tell me you're using dead balls without telling me you're using dead balls. There it's insane to me how many ball like the Red Sox are barreling some of these hits and they go nowhere. And I, I get that it's the trop and nothing really flies in the trop, but still. Like, it's, this is a league-wide thing. Will Middlebrooks yeah. was tweeting about it earlier. He said the ball is clearly dead. Um, how many fly balls are dying on the track? Runs, average, home runs are all way down this year. It's it's clear that MLB is using dead balls, to me anyway. For sure, for sure. And you know why? It's because this upcoming free agent class is full of position players. Yeah. Last year's free agent class was full of pitchers. They gotta stop messing with the game. They're so trying important. to lower yeah. the value of each player. This is yeah, it's ridiculous. In order and to, keep of course, the owners the are going to be all for it because it saves them money. Yeah, Manfred is the owner's simp, so he's going to allow it. He's going to manipulate all of this. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um. The the one positive from that game where we basically we should have won. We got no hit for a while. That game. Positive. Garrett Whitlock was absolutely insane in that game. Dude started for the first time in his major league career, went four innings, struck out seven, only allowed one hit, made it look so easy out there. Also, shout out Cutter Crawford, three scoreless innings with five strikeouts. Very solid. Um, Tyler Danish also put in a pretty good performance in. He's better than Ryan Brazier. Easy. Um, and then the last game in the, the series... Side, Danish? Yeah, he struck Not in side. that game. In the game against the Blue Jays, he did, I believe, because I was at that. I think he mm-hmm. Wait, let me Was it that game? I remember I remember him like remember seeing him his first major league yes. game <laughs> back, he struck out the side. Yeah, that was the game I was at against the Blue Jays. He went two innings, struck out five. He struck out the side in the first inning and then struck out two more in the second inning he pitched. He got so I'm loving him too. already. Yeah, I'm loving him already. Um and then again the game today against the Rays lost five to two. Really I mean, stupid. Why the offense got out to a quick start right away and then literally disappeared. Yeah, they scored two runs in the first and then didn't score again the rest of the game. They reached um, base like three times after the first inning. Mm-hmm. Awful. And as mentioned before, well, first of all, Phillips Valdez had a bad outing. That's going to happen. He's been pretty solid up until that point, but he had a rough outing. And then Ryan Brazier comes in with bases loaded after Valdez and just does his thing. 
gives up all of the runs and just he's so bad. Um, doesn't get the loss, which is stupid, but whatever. Matt Barnes comes in, gives up two hits and a run in two thirds of an inning because he's awful. Jake Diekman kind of gets roughed up. And then Tanner Houck finally comes into the game. He was supposed to piggyback Rich Hill. I don't know why he came in in, what, the eighth inning or whatever, the seventh, way too late. He should have been right after Rich Hill. I don't know what that kind of bonehead move was. Rich Hill can't pitch in Toronto because of the vaccination thing, so he's not going to be able to be used. Use him to piggyback Rich Hill, who went four innings. That's why Tanner Houck, that's the, that was your whole plan. That was your plan going into this game, and then they just because- didn't do it. Because Cora's not managing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, Will Venable. Like, you're a cool dude, but you do not know how to manage a baseball game. I listened to Will Venable's post-game press conference after today, and it was the most wishy-washy thing I've ever seen. It actually really frustrated me. And, like, you can tell why he's not a manager because he was just like, yeah, these guys worked hard. We had our spots. Um, We didn't do it, but the guys worked hard. They were really good, but they didn't produce, but they were really good. Um, like, I don't know. I, I feel like this team needs to get fired up. Maybe that starts with AC calling out a couple guys saying, you know, the bottom of our lineup needs to step it up or else we're not going to win many games this year. Something like that. They need Even to be the called out. Thing. They need a wake-up call. I need Chris Sale to go into the dugout and start yelling at people. I need yes. someone to start yelling. Everyone up there just looks like just in a daze. I don't. I don't know what's going on. Well, they look like what I've never noticed, played a major league baseball game before in their entire lives. What yeah. I've noticed is Christian Vasquez seems like his head has been in the clouds again. He's like, lost. Um, he is. He was doing. He did it at times last year, and it actually correlated during um, like our August and September collapse mm-hmm. last year. I noticed Vasquez. He was getting really lazy behind the plate. Like today, he tried to block. Yeah. He was on one knee behind the plate trying to block a slider. With and was that pitching. on the put? Yeah, it with and a Rosarena took advantage of that. Tried to score from second on a wild pitch, and it almost worked. Like it almost worked. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it was a bang bang play at the plate. Like that's that that's bad. I actually kind of wanted a Rosarena to score there because that would have perfectly summed up how yeah, this team. They is deserved playing. to score there. They uh-huh. deserved to score on the Red Sox. The Red Sox did not. They should not have gotten that. That was oh. My. That right there, that play kind of sums up how things have been going. It seems like the Red Sox are just totally lost and mindless out there. I don't know what Running their problem the is. Exactly. And they need to wake up and play as they should. Like, we have a lot of talented players on this team. Um, but they're just not... They're just relying on Raphael Devers and Xander Bogarts right now, which is not really going to work for us. It would be it'd be helpful to get JB, JD back from his injury. It'd be great if people could stop trying to kill Trevor Story and throw at his head. And again, getting Alex Cora back is going to be huge for us once he returns from COVID. Oh my God. I mean, I said it last episode. We've all been saying it. I want these Woo Sox players up here. There is no stat that you can give me that tells me why Travis Shaw should be on this team still. Absolutely. I think that I honestly think that if you're looking for a lefty to play first base for a couple months until Casas comes up, Franchi's your guy. He's the same thing as Travis Shaw, but I Franchi makes slightly more contact, which is kind of crazy to say. But honestly, like, given how good he is down there, I feel like if you give him a shot for a couple weeks, a couple months, 
Maybe even you call up a guy like Ryan Fitzgerald, who is tearing the cover off the ball. Yes. He's a lefty, and he can play infield. I don't know. I don't see that one happening. I could see Franchi coming up. But you got to shake something up. And the I rosters mean, shrink on May 1st, so you got to get rid of two pitchers. It's mm-hmm. Brazier and someone else. I feel like it has to be Brazier and Davis you send down. Yes. Well, and, I mean, you got to think about it, too. Like, Franchi is still pretty young. Like, Travis Shaw's old at this point. Like, why are you wasting away, like, potential at-bats that you could be using to help develop these guys when, you know, Travis Shaw is just, like, he's had his dinner and he's eaten it. Send him home. Everyone knows <laughs> that Travis Shaw can't hit a high fastball, and that's all he gets. So He's like Franchi, Michael Chavis, but old. Yeah. Franchi Cordero is batting 306 with three homers, 21 RBIs already, 951 <laughs> OPS. Um, That's silly. I don't, I don't know how it compares, but I know the MLB league leader in RBIs is Jose Ramirez with 20. Franchi has 21 in AAA. That's significant. And, um, yeah, Ryan Fitzgerald, the dude has been on fire all season. Uh, he's no longer batting 636 as he was before. But he's batting 291 with five homers, 15 RBIs, and a 1046 OPS. These guys need to be up here, man. I don't care that it's early in the season. Like, just give me a. Why are we please. wasting? Just, our, why are we wasting our time on veterans? Like, this. You know what you're is, gonna get. Yeah, exactly. Like, you you have so much, but like. Heim's whole thing was build up the farm system. Like you've built it up. Let's let's reap the benefits of building that farm system. Like yeah, you've got these guys that are ready to go, and like you know they're gonna be like out there working their butts off every day because they want to play. They want to be there. They want to show that they're big league caliber guys. And you know, Travis Shaw is just content to sit there and strike out half the time, and then the other half the time ground out. Has yeah. he hit a ball past the infield all year? He he has like two flyouts. It it's actually embarrassing what he what he's been doing because every at bat is completely uncompetitive. It's he takes back foot swings, just kind of throws the bat at the ball. He's late on everything, can't pick up a breaking ball. Like this guy is not a major league player anymore. He he's looks like me 17. in the batting cage. You're better than him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, seriously. I mean, like, I just don't know. It, it's frustrating because that bottom of the order is a literal black hole. Once it gets to that part of the lineup, they're not going to be able to turn it over. You know, it's a one, two, three inning if it's seven, eight, nine, do up. Well, and it's not even like, it's not even like the guy we, like, we all expected JBJ to be that guy. He's like the third. He's best been the best of them. Team. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like, it's also, sorry, go ahead. No, it's just like it's insane to me. Like anyone that they put down there is just like instantly terrible. Like they're not major leaguers, even. Well, okay, and then this they brought up this guy, Rob. Rob Ruff Snyder. Ruff Snyder. I don't hate that move. No, I don't either. He's young. He's a contact guy too. He is thirty-one. He's (laughs) thirty-one. But you know what? Like some sort of change. Something other than, yeah, like just Travis Shaw, and like well, the other thing uh, too is it's is, not just the last three in the lineup. Like our lineup the other day when Whitlock started, you only had four competitive players in that lineup: Story, Devers, Bogarts, Verdugo to start off. Because Kike has been bad, 
Then you got JBJ. I mean, those two are decent. Dahlbeck's been struggling. JD's and then Vasquez and Ref Steiner. I know JD's been hurt. I mean, you. I w- wish we had better bench depth. That's what I said when the season started, and I still wish that now, and that's kind of hurting us. Depth is hurting us right now. We have that bench depth, but it's in the minors. And they yeah, we're just not using it. <laughs> yeah. Like, why, in what world does it make sense to put, to have Travis Shaw come in as a pinch hitter? Like, that's when you're just, being no hit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's like it they're trying to sense. lose almost. It's Some like of these I idiot moves. He works for the Red Sox now. Seriously, I don't. What are we doing? I just, I still can't. I'm sorry, I can't go over. Why do we keep going to Ryan Brazier in these important situations? Like, do they not watch him pitch? Do they like put him out there and then go in the back and grab like a snack or something? Like, what are they doing? Like, I don't know what is going on. I just we haven't even sense gotten to, to the Toronto series. And Kevin Gosman absolutely dominating us on like ten pitches. Yeah, ten pitches an inning, unbelievable. Yeah, what he was at like sixty pitches through six. (laughs) Yeah, six scoreless innings on sixty-one pitches. Are you kidding me? And they were swinging at balls and taking strikes. It it was just such, and that's the story of the season. Like obviously the Sox lead the league in chase rate and swing percentage, so you kind of know what you're gonna get, but. These are professional hitters who are supposed to work counts. These guys, like, they can get swing happy at times. It happened last year. But um, when they were really rolling, they were being patient. They were working counts, and they were getting pitch counts up and getting to the bullpen. And that's completely the opposite of what's going on right now. It's really frustrating because well, and- there have been a couple five-pitch innings against the Red Sox where the inning is over in 30 seconds because – it's like ground out, ground out, strikeout. Well, and this is like, this is the this is making me miss having that that Kyle Schwarber bat in the lineup. You know, the guy who works counts, draws walks. Yeah. Like, you know, it's it's the whole lineup. I mean, the person that stood out to me the most that's been going, you know, swing friendly is Devers, just because it's not usually his style of playing. He's been chasing a lot of bad balls. Um, and it's just like. I feel like having someone that was like, hey, guys, let's change our hitting approach. Let's look at a pitch before we swing. Like, I think I sent at least two texts this week in our, like, little podcast group chat being like, stop swinging at first pitches. It's so Mm -hmm. incredibly frustrating, especially because if you you take a pitch, like, you're making the pitcher work. Like, you're making the pitcher work harder than he has to. And if by swinging at the very first, like, pitch – you're just giving them a free, like a free go. And it's so, so frustrating. Got two stats for you. I just found on Twitter. Steve Peralt just tweeted the Red Sox have scored two runs in the past 25 innings against the Rays. Not great. Um, and then this one from Alex Spear, the Red Sox are averaging 3.5 runs per game. Their second lowest scoring average through 16 games this century. That's a hundred years. No, Whoa. that's not what that means. No, it's, it's twenty two years. That's since two thousand. That's still a lot of time. I bet. I bet. <laughs> like, I bet it was like twenty fourteen or something. Was the other year? Yeah, but that's that's <sighs> atrocious. I mean, oh, especially. Oh. In... Sorry, another stat from Christopher Smith. Loving these stats. The Red Sox. Entered Sunday tied for the MLB lead in percentage of swings at pitches within the strike zone and last in chase rate. 
They have the highest chase rate, 36%. Yeah. So that's the thing is they're just, they're just swinging. And like, I don't know if it's a coaching thing or if it's a discipline thing or like, you know, the guys didn't get enough at bats in spring training, whatever, but it's not excusable at this point. It's been going on for 16 games. And that's honestly like 13 games too long. Like I understand the, the season. I understand being swing happy the first, you know, week or so. Yeah. Like, you know, you're getting back into it. You're excited. But it's it's whatever. getting worse. That's the it, thing. It is. Yeah. And it's, it's just like, it's just, it's frustrating to watch. Cause like, we know that this team offensively is better than what they're showing us. And we're just like, we're not getting it. I know. Well, I said this earlier, our pitching has actually been a really pleasant surprise thus far. But no one's noticing that because we can't score runs. And ultimately, you need to score runs to win games. Our pitching is not going to be this good for the rest of the season. You know, you got to take advantage of your your bullpen going out and shutting down teams. But you're not because you you can't get a hit in nine innings. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I you're right. They are getting worse. (laughs) But like I. it's not – I don't know. I don't know. I just keep looking at the the line scores where you have the Red Sox being right up there with the other team and hits but losing by a ton of runs. It's just they're not clutch. They're not coming through in situations where they need to. They'll get hits when they don't matter, and then they'll just waste opportunities. This whole season has been a waste of opportunities. It's That's why, like – the team isn't that bad, but it's just so hard to watch. Like it's not like we're we're zero and sixteen right now, or we're that awful. Like seven and nine isn't horrible. Like we can easily come back from that if we start playing well. But they just have appeared so much worse out there because they're squandering so many opportunities and not putting together competitive at bats when they need to. And on the mound, they're not making competitive pitches when they need to, a lot of the time too. Or at least they're not putting in the guys that are capable of making competitive pitches. They're really just shooting themselves in the foot. Like they are a hundred percent to blame for this. And then you have the 27th or not the 27th, the last out of the game hit towards you and story makes an error. Bobby Dahlbeck is positioned incorrectly on first base to which if he is actually positioned correctly, he is able to scoop the ball and the game's over. But of course gets by him steals second base. Doesn't matter. Walk off home run to Kevin Kiermeyer. Kevin Kiermaier. The first time in his career. First time in his professional career where he's hit a walk-off home run. The dude's been playing in the game for forever. He's a very, like, old veteran. Not very old, but, like, he's been in the game a while. That says a lot. Yep. It was bad. Ah! Um, I agree, Jason. I agree with that, that noise. <laughs> one thing I want to talk about in the Blue Jays series um, that we just played before the Rays series, the game I was at, the Nick Pavetta game, we did last week on the podcast, we did Worried or whatever, and we, I think most of us, if not all of us, said that we were not worried about Nick Pavetta. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I've totally changed my mind on that. I'm, I'm very, very worried, worried about, about Nick Pavetta. <laughs> that was an awful start. The dude, so the last Blue Jays-Red Sox game I went to in April before this one was last season, and it was when Garrett Richards pitched. Garrett Richards walked five guys and was bouncing bouncing pitches in the door. Dirt. Oh, my God. And then Nick Pavetta in this start was the same thing. Blue Jays, Red Sox in April again, bouncing pitches in the dirt in warm-ups. In warm-ups. He's bouncing pitches in warm-ups. 
And then he goes out there, can't find the strike zone at all, walks four guys, gives up a homer, ends up giving up five runs, which it could have been worse. He actually won four innings. Um, but he has just looked so awful. His mechanics are off still. His velocity is down still. And he has a 10.03 ERA, 2.14 whip, and he's 0-3 after three starts. He has looked There's something awful. wrong. There's something very wrong, yeah. It's 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 got to be a mechanical issue at this point because the velo is down. He is hanging every single curveball he throws, and the yep. curveball is his best pitch. Yep, and let's and not he's, forget please. he's supposed to be our number two. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. Nope. Nope. <sighs> it's gonna be a long season if this keeps up. Yeah. Um, I I've, will say. Um, yeah. Oh my god. To, to inject some positivity. Yes, please. I thought Tanner Houck looked really good in his last start. Like, I'm really... loving Tanner Houck. I'm loving what I'm seeing. I mean, last year I thought he was great and going to be a stud in the rotation. Now he's got the set spot in the rotation, and he's been our best starter so far. Well, I don't know Not... about that. Michael Walker's still the go. I don't know. I don't know. Tanner Walk... Houck's got that 287 ERA, 115 whip. What's Walker got? Uh, I think. Sub two, right? Yeah, he is. is sub um, two. Oh, okay. Breaking Sorry. news: Kyle from Waltham just got tossed by Angel Hernandez, and what a reaction! He threw his bat, he threw his helmet, he went up to the home plate yep. and started yep. pointing at where the ball is. Yeah, I'm watching. This is very amusing. Yeah, wow, this he is, is very. Wow, funny. look at him go! He is hot. See, I I want him. I wish he was still on the Red Sox. If he was that's still the there, he, he could be doing this you know in the what, Tampa though? dugout. You know what? That kind of that, that makes me think of something. What fires up baseball players the most? It's when someone gets ejected. It's when your manager goes out there and he starts yelling and screaming about something that may not even matter. It's when someone is getting ejected, yelling their head off, and slamming mm-hmm. things like Kyle Schwarber just did. And I feel like that's kind of what the Red Sox need. Uh, when Trevor Story got hit in the head, I was kind of hoping that they would like clear the benches just for fun, well, fire up the no, boys. No, you know what? Yesterday... Uh, story had in that bat. The first two pitches were right by his head. Yeah, they're trying and to I kill was him. Like, I was no, I, I I yelled at the TV. I was like, "Come on! If you don't know where your pitch is going, don't throw it." Because that's something that really gets on my nerves when a pitcher yeah. has no idea where the ball is going. Anyway, I feel like if Story faced the mound, stared down the pitcher, started saying, "You know, like, come on, dude," that could have. Yeah, especially when you're thrown by would the be head. No hit. Yeah. You've been hit in the head, and you got two up by the head. I feel like you could yeah, do something about that. take that bat, that. throw it at the pitcher, get ejected, get suspended. I don't care. Fire up the boys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I just want to go back to the Vasquez thing really quick because I just I'm on Twitter right now. Did you see the pitch? It, Brazier was pitching, and he threw a strike. But Vasquez was standing up when the ball was coming to the plate. Yeah. So the umpire called it a ball. Yeah. Like, what are uh, what are we doing, boys? What are we doing? Vasquez, that dude, he can be so good sometimes, and he can be so bad others. I he, mm-hmm. some of the the stupid things that he does exactly like that. I just don't understand what he's thinking, what he's doing. I mean, between that and then when he was just on like a knee when. A very known wild pitcher, Jake Diekman, is pitching, who has a very, like, 
a slider that breaks a lot. He's on one knee and lets a ball pass by him that shouldn't pass by him. As we talked about before, like if you're going to, you're supposed to be one of the better defensive catchers in the game. That's kind of like your thing. You can't really hit right now. So if you're going to be that kind of player, then be that kind of player. Be good defensively, not awful. <laughs> Stop costing us games. Stop missing pitches that should be routine even. Like, well, and like just clean it up, everyone. Clean it up. It's just so frustrating, especially because like, you know, like I saw, I remember I was watching the beginning of the game yesterday and they were like, oh, the Red Sox have one of the best defensive, like we have some of the fewest like tied for the least errors in the American League. Mm-hmm. Vasquez, Dahlbeck, Story, like guys, I know like every once in a while it gets away from you, but this can't be like something that you keep doing. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, uh. That's what I think about that. Oh, um, moving on because I don't want to talk about this this team anymore. The Jerry Remy ceremony was phenomenal. Uh, that was the game that I was at again. But yeah, I loved every second of it. Uh, Carly Estremsky made an appearance, which was cool. They had all of his uh, former teammates, the significant ones out there, um, which was great. His family was there. I thought it was cool because I'm a nerd and like stuff like this, but it was cool how they had all of the Red Sox like, or the Nesson sideline reporters there. So you had Jemai, obviously, and Garen and Jenny Dell, Heidi Watney. Um, Gary. Gary Streisky, yes. Yep. So that was cool to see. Uh, and then there was one guy missing, however, as good as the ceremony was. Don Marcillo. We got to talk about this because this is just as upsetting as the rest of the stuff we've been talking about in this episode, if not more. So obviously, like Don Arcillo was a very key part of Jerry Remy's career. I mean, when you think of Jerry Remy, most people also think of Don Arcillo because they were that pair, that duo, who was on the Red Sox broadcast for years on Nesson. Um, and so you think at a ceremony honoring the life of Jerry Remy that Don Arcillo would have some kind of part of it. Obviously, he's in San Diego, and he's got that job out there. So I wasn't expecting him to show up at Fenway Park. Uh, I was expecting him to pop up on the video board at some point, and he just never did. And there was no words from him at all in the whole ceremony. I'm like, that's that's weird. Then after, I think it was after the game, um, Don tweets out on his Twitter that he was uh, offered the opportunity to record a video message to be played at the ceremony. And obviously, he did because wants to um and then he was later told by the red sox and nesson that his video will no longer be needed which is just ridiculous absolutely ridiculous like don arcillo is probably one of the most important people that was part of jerry remy's life especially his like professional like career life in the broadcasting world and to not even let him speak is just insane and on top of that they offered him the opportunity he recorded a message and they said yeah we don't need that anymore never mind like we don't want to put your words out there what are you doing like how can you be so bad at things to let that happen like red sox and nesson they've treated don Ocillo so poorly for no reason at all so poorly and this should go beyond your little contract disputes and whatever happened between him and Nesson. This is Jerry Remy's life. This is way beyond that. There is no reason why you should be friends. telling him. Exactly. 
it has nothing to do with his job even like they were best friends and to not let him speak and to revoke that opportunity from him like that it's disgusting i it doesn't i don't get it yeah well when i think of jerry remy I think of Don Orsillo because that's what we grew up with. That's what they the showed kids clips. our age grew, grew They showed clips with. during yeah. the ceremony of Don Orsillo's voice with Jerry Remy in most of the clips because that's what most of his time was. You had the Here Comes mm-hmm. the Pizza incident. They showed him pulling Jerry or trying to put Jerry Remy's tooth back in with the pliers. That was Don Orsillo, and he had no part of the ceremony. Joey, can you please give me a, just like a quick big dog barks? response to this because i i feel like if at any point it's necessary it's right now i personally can't put it into words because i'm still just so upset about it but yeah. i feel like the big dog might be able to yeah well okay so watching the ceremony i was like this is fantastic what an unbelievable ceremony but the whole mm-hmm. time i was waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and we get to the end and i'm like okay we're about to see a video message from Don and that's when they're going to end it. But no, why? I don't know. There's still, are we still in 2015 right now? Is, are you, is Nesson seriously still like that butthurt over that whole Orsillo thing? First off, fans have never forgiven Nesson for letting go of Don nope. Orsillo. It, it's a subject every single day on Red Sox Twitter. Look it up. You will see someone talking about how Dave or Dave O'Brien is nothing compared to Don Orsillo, which he is seven years. Dave O'Brien's later. A good, yeah, it's been seven years, which is ridiculous. But like Don, Ors- Don Orsillo is a gem and he's become in the past year or two with the whole slam Diego stuff. He's become a national figure. He's the best in the business. Uh huh. He is literally the best in the business, but it's not even about that. He was Jerry Remy's best friend. Like how many times do we remember them talking about something completely stupid and unrelated to the game. <laughs> and Don would just be wheezing in the background yep. and not be able to call the game. Do you remember the boob grab clip? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, There's just countless highlights today. of them. Countless. I just like, I watched the 20 minute compilation on it today. I used to have a video where um, Jerry Remy got Don Arcillo a new lamp as a gift. And yeah. Donaldson mm-hmm. was freaking out. I was like, oh, ho, 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 look at this. <laughs> yeah. And he turns it on and he's like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't happen. You give, if Jerry Remy gave uh, Dave O'Brien a lamp, he'd be like, wow, that's a cool lamp. Thank you for that. Thank you, Jerry. Did you see that the A's are down three to two to the Baltimore Orioles? Interesting and news out of drive, Oakland. Deep drive to right field. Castellanos going back. <laughs> Yeah. Deep drive to left field, kiss it goodbye. The Red Sox have won the game. Yeah, like all you needed was 30 seconds at the end of the ceremony to let Don just say Yeah. He he posted his script. It wasn't that even a lot. Him, it was it simple. Taking him maybe a minute. Like and that's exactly how you want to end the ceremony because everyone was waiting for Don. He was the marquee guy. Him yeah. and Jerry Remy are synonymous with each other. When you yep. think of Jerry Remy, you think of Don Orsillo. And when exactly. you think of Don Orsillo, you think of Jerry Remy. Like, And it's it's really upsetting because the ceremony was so good. They did a great job to honor Remy's life. And it's it's completely overshadowed by Nesson just being petty 
it, it, it's it's really unfortunate. And that was the first thing I sent in our group chat. I was like, that was really good. But where is Orsillo? Yep. Yep. No doubt. It's it's disgraceful. It's horrible. And honestly, kind of on brand for how this season has gone so far. Oh, it's. I mean, it's also very on brand for something that Nesson and the Red Sox would do. Like this is just kind of their thing because they are. Yeah, I really don't just, like Nesson. I don't. They either. let go of Don. They changed their logo to whatever this is. Little swooping wave thing. This, yeah. Uh, it looks like the Spanish thing over the end. What was that thing? This is out of nowhere at all, but there was this Bill Nye, the science guy episode where he was talking about El Nino. And whenever he would say it, like this, like mariachi band would do like this little like song. Oh, like, yeah. El Nino. <laughs> and then we'll do like, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. their logo. Anyways. Speaking uh, of I Bill's, mean, Bill Burr was broadcasting a Sox game. That was cool. Funny dude. Yes. Very funny dude. Yep. I feel Speaking. bad for him because he had to deal with Dave O'Brien, who was so dry and stale. Oh, my God. Did Bill Burr and Dave O'Brien, like, interacting with each other is just a hilarious thought to me. And you yeah. saw it. Like, it just doesn't fit. It's like someone with a ton of personality, energy, and, like, humor talking to a literal accountant. Dave. Yep. Very, very yep. humorous. Oh. Humorous Speaking comment there. Speaking of broadcasters, real quick. Mike, yep. M- Mike Monaco, Monaco, whatever. I he, love he Mike got, Monaco so much. He was so good. He got a couple games. Um, what was it against the Blue Jays and against the against the Rays? I thought yeah. he was fantastic. He's he so good. Fantastic. He's just he's energetic. I like it. And Yuke has been fantastic too. I Yuke is I really so funny. Like I Kevin love Yuke. Yeah. yeah. I need Yuke and Eck in the booth together. I know. Yes. Yes. That will be so good. I remember. I think it was. I want to say for. 2017 i don't know whenever mike monaco first started filling in for dave o'brien i remember the first time hearing him call a game was when the red sox were in colorado and jbj hit like a ball like 470 feet and monaco actually got like excited and was like yelling when it was hit dave o'brien doesn't do that and that's something one of the many things that mike monaco brings to the table that dave o'brien just doesn't at all i can't wait for mike monaco to be the full-time guy I hope that happens. I, I hope, mean, he's young. Yeah. He's like he's like a prospect right Nesson. now. <laughs> this, this is Nesson. Remember, so he'll probably go somewhere this. else. Yeah, for yeah. sure. No doubt. Um, this really ties that. into our whole theme of bring the Woo Sox to the majors because he's their everyday guy. The Woo Sox, I'm going to start watching Woo Sox games, man. They just are better all around the board. Yep. Even even going to the park, you can get one of those table talk pies for like a buck or whatever. They got some great deals on food. Um, you go, I mean, for myself and people our age, if you go on college night, which I believe is either Tuesday or Thursday, I forget which one, you get like discounts on the food or, or t- tickets. I don't remember. Something like that. It's great. Great, fun place. They got the train back there. They, they're better than the Red nice. Sox. It's wonderful oh, yeah. out there. And what a team they have. Incredible team. Incredible yeah. team. It's not just like like all around the board they have an incredible team. They have one of the best prospects in the game hitting monster shots in Tristan Casas. But then you also got Ryan Fitzgerald hitting bombs. You got Franchi out there being the best the wonder player of Wooster. in AAA. Yeah. Exactly. Wooster. Wooster. And then they got good pitchers too. Winkowski. They got Winkowski. They got, I mean, Danish is there now. Dermon Feltman's there. You got Darren Hernandez still. 
Brian Mata, Caleb yeah. Ort, yeah, Connor no, Siebold. Not, not Come on. And then you got um, Yolmer Sanchez, Gold Glove winner right there. He's playing for you. Mm-hmm. Jaron Duran, fastest human on the planet. The team is amazing. Johan Mises, or how I don't know how to pronounce his name, oh, but Mises. he is. He looks like Vladdy. Exactly. We got Vlad Jr. down there. Yeah, we do. I love the Woo Sox, man. They're so We're much better Woo than Sox. Pod now. We are a Woo Sox I pod. Just, okay, my only complaint with the Woo Sox is I hate the smiley face. I think it's really lame. I'm over yeah, it. It is kind of lame. It's they, I. I mean, it is lame. They, they but could I'm have over done something. So, yeah, but the thing with minor league teams is you can have like the most out of pocket name. Bro, they have the randomest people. They got the um. The, did you know there's a team called the Trash Pandas? Yeah, the Trash Pandas. The Montgomery Biscuits. But the... yeah. Guys, you're forgetting about the greatest baseball franchise of all time. <laughs> the American Defenders of Manhattan. Oh yes. 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 Why didn't the why didn't the Paw oh. become the American Defenders of Massachusetts? Um that's a great question. I just remembered another yep. team name, the Rumble Ponies. Yes. Very solid See? one. Flying Squirrels. could have been like. Yeah. So honestly. Um, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make a, I'm going to make woo socks dugout and I'm going to post <laughs> everything you need to know about the woo socks. You should do that for sure. Let's see. Let's see over under three and a half days of it, of me actually keeping up with things. <laughs> I, to be honest though, I feel like people would care more about them than the Red Sox right now. No one's having fun watching the Red Sox. No one's having fun watching the Red Sox. But if for some reason you do want to go watch the Red Sox, then SeatGeek is the place for you. Yeah, get those tickets on SeatGeek, man, because SeatGeek is the best ticket provider out there for all sports, concerts, shows, and more. They make buying tickets easy by grading every ticket price so you know you're getting the best deal. And they provide a view from your seat so you can pick the perfect seats to any event and Guess what, folks? You can get $20 off your first purchase with SeatGeek by using the promo code DUGOUT. That's D-U-G-O-U-T. Get O-U-T there and watch the out to the woo. Watch the woo socks. Yeah. They're good. I mean, concert season's coming up. Get out to a concert. See some bands play. You know, go watch the hey, NBA playoffs. Celtics are playing. Celtics. Doing great. Killing it. Go watch them with SeatGeek. Yeah, I mean, Bruins now is a great time. Yup. The, the, the Pats play in August. They sure do. Get those tickets yeah. in advance. You want to be there. <sighs> I will say one, one thing about um, the game that I went to against the Blue Jays. It was great to be back in the park, man. I love going to live baseball games, and especially at Fenway Park where you're high-fiving strangers and you're just talking to people. It's a blast. And I love how the Astros players are still getting booed. George Springer got booed. It's amazing. I was ready to jump out of the stands when Trevor Story got hit in the face. Yeah. He's a gamer, though. Respect. Hey, stay in the game. In. Stay in the game. Mm-hmm. And then he gets thrown out again, like we talked about. It's part of that curse that we talked about last week. He has that kid. Gets food poisoning, and then boom, you're getting balls thrown at your head. Yep, it's uh, the world is out to get Trevor Story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, that's what. Oh, yep, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. I want to preview the Blue Jays series coming up because we're playing mm-hmm. the Blue Jays again in Toronto, um, which means we won't have Tanner Hoke as mentioned before because he's not vaccinated. I believe that's the only loss though, because uh, obviously Chris Sale is not. I have a team. question. Can, yeah. can we bring someone up to fill Hauk's spot in Toronto or no? I'd imagine so, right? I I actually how I does that work? Because it's not like I don't think I don't think you can. Unless unless the COVID IL, like you're allowed to use it for like a COVID related. I mean, if they made a transaction, I feel like it, it would be up there. Um I haven't heard anything I don't about see that. Anything. That's interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but so uh, the pitching matchups for the series is you got Avaldi against Barrios in game one, game two, Pavetta versus Gosman. That should be a great game. <laughs> uh. Yikes. And then Waka against Ross Stripling in game three. And it is a four game series. And so in the fourth game, we're not looking forward to this. Alec, Alec Manoa, Manoa. And we got big TBD on the mound. Oh, yes. First start of the year for TBD. Yeah, can't wait to see that. Um, At least we're not going against Go- uh, Gosman. We are. Yeah, we game are. Two. Oh, yeah. It's Gosman versus Pavetta. Yeah. Oh, that would be, that that be a real fun one to watch. It'll exactly. Be... All right. So you need to win game one. Uh... Hey, the Sox have been good at winning game one. I'll tell you that. They won game one against the Blue Jays, game one against the Rays. They're a big uh, get worse as it goes on type of team. <laughs> I just like I need I need to see some life from the offense this week. Like that's kind of what I'm going to be looking in. Like I don't know what you guys are like going to be kind of focusing in on. Like if it's a player or if it's like um you know a certain trait that the team is displaying. But I'm I'm really going to be looking for for some more um you know just patience at the plate and just like better. I don't even yeah. Know. Being, let me tell you better. for that and uh, how they do with runners in scoring position. Yeah. No, like, I agree with you no, guys 100%. There's no way you can be this bad at batting when there are runners in scoring position like all year round. Like it has well, to just be like a cold thing. Let me tell you why they're bad with runners in scoring position. It's because they don't have energy. Like you can get hits as much as you want, but what gets hits or gets runs in when you have runners on base is clutch and energy uh and that's what we're lacking right now so you guys are totally right i agree with you guys with your things that you're looking for what i'm looking for is a kyle schwarber moment i need someone slamming their bat and yelling i need someone getting fired up i need someone getting ejected even so that's what i'm looking for uh however that has to happen make it happen i mean it'd be cool if it was someone like xander bogarts or someone in kind of a uh, a leadership position or Alex Verdugo, maybe. There's my guy. That's who I'm picking to get fired up and thrown out. Fire the boys up. When does Alex Cora come back? Because it can't be soon enough. I doubt he's going to Canada because they're going to freak out I, that he has COVID. I think he might. Nah, he'll Didn't, be executed on the spot. There. Yeah, he, he will be in Canada. I don't understand why he can't just have like a little microphone in his ear or like in, and like tell the manager what to do. Yeah, put him on Zoom. Toss him on Zoom. We're on Zoom right now. We can manage a ball game. Yeah, they they have iPads in the dugout. They should just they should just uh, use the iPad for FaceTime and yeah, it's, stick it's, them like on the fence. 
when a manager gets ejected, they're still calling the shots from the clubhouse. Yeah, just do are. that kind of scenario. Like, or even like put someone out there who's not Will Venable. Like, why do we need to go to our bench coach as our number two? How about we just let like Jason Veritek? Veritek. Yeah. Bogarts. <laughs> let Bogarts manage. Yeah. Bogarts. Yeah. No, put JD in there. Make JD coach. Yeah, make JD manage. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I I just want this to be uh more fun to watch. I'm not enjoying watching the Red Sox right now. Not at all. Yeah. What a difference a week makes because I know I don't I don't know about you guys, but that Saturday and Sunday games against the Twins last week, that was a blast when they won both of those games very easily. And like the offense was going, the, the Fenway was jumping. It was like it was so nice. And then well, that's the expectations that we have for this team. Like you've got yeah. you know, guys on your offense. You expect us to be putting up runs like that. I mean, I'll tell you this. I have a lot more fun watching the Red Sox when they win ball games. So win some ball games. Dude, as, yeah, well, this will be as, a big one. As we've said many times on this podcast, yep. do better. Do better. Do win. Do win. Do the win. Win time. Do the win. Run the win. Time. Noontime. Do the win. Oh, and real quick, after the Blue Jays, you got a three-game set in Baltimore. So take care of business Don't there. Don't be that. like the Yankees. Don't be like the Yankees and lose the series. So That's yeah. kind of just – don't be like the Yankees in general. Oh, that's yeah. what I want to talk about. Yankees fans throwing yeah. trash at the dude. That perfect, perfect again. That's how we're going to close this out. Yankees fans are the scum of the earth. I love Miles Straw. I love everything he said. He said they're the trashiest fan base on the planet. They are, no love doubt them. about it. And I love him too because that dude was ready to climb into the stand and start swinging. He was ready. Yep. He was ready to go. Um, but what? Okay, so for those fans out there who don't know what we're talking about, the Reds or the Yankees were playing um, the Cleveland Guardians in Yankee Stadium, and I believe it was Glaber Torres hit a walk off hit um, into the outfield. It got down. Yankees won, and Yankees fans out there in right field started throwing trash at the Guardians outfielders out there, including Miles Straw. And I mean, when you're throwing beer cans and whatever else at these players, it's, I mean, obviously it's just ridiculous. Like you can't be doing that, but also it's dangerous. Like if you get hit in the face with a beer can, if you get hit with something that shouldn't be thrown on the field, that can be very dangerous. And these are million, like these players are paid millions of dollars to be out there on the field. So it's just, it's, you can't be doing that for any reason. It's embarrassing, but it's very, very suitable for Yankees fans. Like, that's what they do. It doesn't surprise anyone. It, Yankees fans suck. They d- are terrible people. All of them. Most of them. <laughs> as, yep. as someone who's a fan of a – who's part of a fan base that's very toxic as an Eagles fan – I, I can't even imagine being a Yankees fan. Like that's just a new level of like. It's embarrassing. Embarrassment, yeah. Like I have yeah. some friends at school because I go to school in New York that are like big Yankees fans, and I'm just embarrassed for them. Well, the other thing too is like, if whoever that Yankees fan was who threw stuff, any of them, if they ran into any of these players just like on the streets of New York, they would be like crawling into a ball on the ground and being all scared, like. They will throw stuff and they'll 
talk behind the screen and that kind of stuff, but they actually like can't put any kind of actions behind their words. Like it's just mob mentality out there. One guy throws something, everyone's throwing something, they're all yelling stuff, but it's I hate it. The Yankees fans. They gave Alex Verdugo a tough time last year. Like Verdugo was arguing, yelling at them out there. Didn't they throw a ball at him? Yeah, they did. Like it's one thing if you're saying stuff because that's what's gonna happen um in competitive sports, especially in the pros. It's another thing if you're throwing stuff at players and throwing stuff onto the field. That's what crosses the line. And that's, I mean, Yankees fans. It's Yankees fans for you. One funny thing from the broadcast today, I don't know if you guys heard it, Kevin Euclid was talking about it, about different kind of interactions that he's had with different fans in his career. I don't remember if it was at Yankee Stadium, if it was Yankees fans or not, but he said that some fans were yelling to him about his sister, and he's like, I don't even have a sister. I have two brothers. <laughs> They're just not that smart. They're not smart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's funny. All right, well, that'll do it for this week's episode. Um, I hope you feel a little more relaxed after we got some frustration out for you. Um, hopefully, we turn it around. Hopefully, the Red Sox put this on the clubhouse, you know, as they love to listen to in the dugout podcast, in the dugout there, and in the clubhouse. Yeah. So, hopefully, they, they, they know what they got to do. You got to do better. Do do better. We got seven games this week. Win the week. Win the week. There you go. That's a, Joey, that's a very good way to put it. That's yep. what you would say if you were the manager. And so Will Venable's probably not saying that. He's probably saying something else stupid. Anyways. He's probably saying Canada, eh? That's hey, we're in saying, Canada. Getting on the plane. Good, good one, Joey. Good one. <laughs> that's what Will Venable says. Not me. I, I say win the week. All right. Win the week. Yeah, win the week. All right. See you next time.